to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more and transforming our culture. Those are the North stars of our company. They're enduring and it's, it's what we kind of start and end every speech with. And we really took that to heart to thinking about if we were to testify in a court of law that Satya actually cared about empowering every person, every organization on the planet, what's the body of evidence that we would present to, to show that, to show that we were walking the talk. And so we um, focused on shifting the agenda of our, of our field tours a bit to carve out a little bit more time to go out into the world and to meet real people who are using technology in unexpected ways and unexpected places. And it also, I think, had a beautiful side effect in enabling him to learn a lot more and just get a better sense of the world. And I think that's so important that, um, you know, you can travel somewhere, but if you're stuck in a conference room that looks like a lot like the conference rooms that you have back home, you're, you can meet interesting people, but you're not learning as much as if you actually see the environment where people live and work. Welcome to the Data Binge Podcast, a library of discussions with technologists and business leaders, focusing on the human relationship with technology. Three, two, one, deploy. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining and listening in to today's episode. Before we get started, I'd like to walk you through several updates for upcoming discussions. On August 18th, 2020 at 11 a.m. Pacific, we'll be hosting Ed Essie on our Simply Tech Live program on LinkedIn. Ed is the Director of Intrapreneurship and Incubation at the Microsoft Garage. The Microsoft Garage is a program that delivers and drives a culture of innovation and is largely responsible for coming up with some very creative Microsoft AI products that exist today in the market. Ed will be talking with us about how organizations should be looking to better approach innovation through cultural changes, and specifically, will be walking us through the importance of empathy in building AI solutions. And Ed has an amazing case study about the current work he's doing around using AI to help children with epilepsy. On August 26th at 8 a.m. Pacific, I will be hosting Kendra Crook via live production of the DataBench podcast on LinkedIn. Kendra is a senior MBA prep coach at Management Leadership for Tomorrow. So if that sounds familiar to you, I've talked about this with Ian Connell in a previous episode of the podcast. A nonprofit focused on changing the face of leadership in the private and social sectors. Kendra coaches high-achieving African Americans, Latinos, and Native Americans on penetrating the highest-ranking business schools in the world and pursuing high-caliber careers in fields ranging from big tech to investment banking. Kendra has so much to say about the future of our workforce, and this definitely is going to be a powerful discussion as well. This episode is going to be important to me because I was a fellow of the MBA prep program for Management Leadership for Tomorrow, and it has essentially helped me get to where I am today in my career, and I'm so thankful for that organization We'll be creating LinkedIn events for both of these two live discussions, so definitely check out the event landing sites for these discussions, and you can do that by visiting the DataBench podcast and or the Simply Tech Live LinkedIn pages to ask questions and submit comments in real time so you too can be part of the show. 
Now, are you ready for today's discussion? Today's show is a Simply Tech live interview featuring my co-host, Ali Mazheri, and our guest, Caitlin McCabe. Caitlin has been at Microsoft for almost 11 years and is currently the Senior Director of CEO Communications in the office of Microsoft's CEO, Satya Nadella. Across the discussion, Caitlin visits the key constructs of what it means to truly understand and be acutely aware of all constituents on a global scale and the global impact and responsibility that is placed on the shoulders of the CEO of a global organization. We learn a lot about how this type of responsibility stretches so much farther than just shareholder value. And Caitlin walks through what it means to craft executive experiences, relationships, and perspective around unexpected technology occurring in unexpected places across our planet. Caitlin also talks us through key learnings she's taken away from working with Satya Nadella and his office, amazing stories of innovation and creation that she and the executive team have experienced during global travel, and how technology continues to shape the way we interact with each other in the new COVID existence. Caitlin is such an enjoyable person to talk to, to listen to, and I really believe that she is a symbol for true mission and endeavor for how the heart of the Microsoft organization pumps. You'll learn not only a little bit about her growth within the organization as an employee, but her growth as a leader, a woman, and a mother. Thank you so much for listening. Now we bring you Caitlin McCabe. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Simply Tech Live broadcast. Today, we're focusing on the human component of technology. We have an awesome guest on today. So, Ali, I'll let you introduce our amazing guest for today. Well, I mean, it took us some time because she has a super duper busy schedule, but uh, I'm, I'm very excited. And again, uh, uh, Caitlin's going to go ahead and introduce herself. But uh, what I can tell is uh, she is an amazing friend. And uh, uh, based on certain circumstances, I maybe you have a time to just talk about it today. Uh, I got to meet Caitlin and I can tell you she's one of the, the greatest human beings that I ever met. And uh, hopefully when she goes through, you know, what she does on a day-to-day basis, you know, as part of her job, uh, our audience will get it, what I'm talking about. So with that said, Kaylee, maybe you can formally introduce yourself. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. I was honored to be asked to join you. Uh, my name is Caitlin McCabe. I um, work in the office of the CEO at Microsoft um, and look after Satya's communications with a great group of folks that we have on our team. Um, and I've been in this role for almost six and a half years um, since Satya became CEO in February of 2014 and have been at uh, Microsoft for the last decade. I can believe it. It's hard to believe. Um, working in a variety of communications roles, um, both on the product side as well as supporting um, our business segments. Now, uh, one thing that I want to talk about a little bit is that for people that are following Microsoft and, you know, Satya uh, specifically, uh, now that you know Caitlin, if you look at the pictures or some videos, there is a very good chance that you're going to see her in the background, like, you know, actively moving back and forth. And uh, this is good to just like, you know, for everybody to understand that when we have these public events and, you know, when you have a CEO of a big company like Satya going on stage and talking about, there's a lot going on. 
Uh, I, I look at Caitlin more like a, you know, um, uh, Secretary of Press. Is it, do you think it's a good analogy or is not? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's interesting to think about how communications has evolved and continues to evolve. Um, and you think about um, how do you take kind of the, the most precious asset the, um, or communications asset that we have as a company, which is the voice of the CEO, and make sure that you're using it um, in a really focused and targeted way to have the greatest impact and, and scale and reach you can have to achieve the company's objectives um, and mission, ultimately. And so that can span a number of different channels from uh, speeches and events, like what we did with our Build Developers conferences this week, to social media, to written communications, um, et cetera. Caitlin, I'd love to understand, you know, when I when we first connected, it was, you know, for, for a layman, when we think about communications, just to uh, to um, Ali's point, we, it, it's very hard to understand exactly what you're doing. And it sounds like cultivating that message, it's a very broad use case for what you do on a daily basis. What are you seeing evolving here in the past six months, 12 months, even maybe from the time that Satya stepped in? in terms of why communications is so important for our organization? Yeah, I think just even in the past few years, um, and Satya's talked about this quite a bit, it's just become more acutely apparent the multi-constituent world we're living in. Um, as a company, as in a technology industry, I think every corporation. Um, and when you really look at the purpose of a corporation, I think there's a lot more um, scrutiny involved in, in what is the purpose. It's, it has to extend beyond creating shareholder value. So thinking about what is the impact that you're having in the communities where you operate um, on economies broadly and on society broadly. And so thinking about how do you kind of tell that story, either shift perception or grow awareness of what you're doing in these different areas with um, all of the different stakeholders and constituents that matter, from governments to customers to developers or partners um, to people generally around the world. How do you build proximity? Like, I would personally have a problem building proximity to that. It's so, we talk about empathy and we talk about diversity and it's such an important thing in our organization. What does it look like to even understand that multi-constituent world? Like, I know you have a, a pretty sizable team, but like, what does that journey look like in understanding that? Yeah, I think it, it really starts with getting an understanding. Um, I think to understand the global impact that you have or kind of the global responsibility that you have, it starts with understanding the local impact and the local action you can take everywhere in the world where you are and seeing that firsthand. So how is it? that in a local economy, you're helping small businesses um, become more productive. You're giving entrepreneurs a path to creating a larger business. You're helping large enterprises scale. You're helping the public sector better serve its citizens. Um, you're putting tools in the hands of people who wouldn't previously have access to them, which creates new opportunity. And all of that leads to growing economies at scale and creating global impact. But I think where I get a lot of energy is seeing those individual stories of um, 
people making a difference um, where maybe it's unexpected. And I can tell you that she has a passion <laughs> because that's that's how we met, and uh, we were amazed. And to me, I mean, that was one of the crucial moments back then. Just kind of made me believe that hey, really, at a Microsoft, we have a mission. And when we talk about empathy, is not just the word; we we mean it. And you know, this is this is the reason. It's all about you know how we communicate and how we connect with people. Ali, I mean, and you guys are friends and you guys know each other well. Can you talk a little bit about how you guys met specifically? In, and I mean, you're you're such a a, a good center of space for organizationally how we look at empathy just locally like can you talk a little bit about that yeah i mean so uh the story is about like five years ago as you know we kind of we were going through this diagnosis of uh my son when he was diagnosed with diabetes and back then me along uh, another members community uh we were trying to see how we can leverage technology uh one of the challenges back then that we noticed was that families that were trying to use our cloud offering azure and they were using the trial version of it, which was, you know, getting expired. And this was such an important component for them to be able to monitor their blood glucose information real time to help, you know, their loved one and kids. Uh, and losing that capability was very harsh for them. And for most, most of them, you know, they didn't have the, the, uh, the fund to be able to go and, you know, get a subscription. So... Uh, internally, you know, I reached out to Satya and the other uh, LT members of the team. Uh, I said, you know, what are you going to do is let me just reach out and, you know, see what we can do. And uh, within, I would say, a couple of hours, I got an email from Caitlin. <laughs> and that's how we met. I said, you know, hey, looks like, you know, there are some ways that we can help. And that turned into, you know, uh, a very great uh, chain of events we managed uh, with the support of Satya and all the LTE to get subscription for all those families. And that, that turned into a really great story and it continued. And uh, the best part of it is just like, you know, the friendship that came to fruition between, you know, me and Caitlin and uh, regardless of, you know, the work and what she does and what I do, we always in contact. Yeah. I think what really, so I Satya got Ali's email, I think forwarded it to me and some other folks on the team and said, you know, we should look at this, find out more about this um, and see what we can do. And then a few months down the road, so we connected and a few months down the road, we were getting ready for a speech um, at our large internal um, sales conference. And at, at that time, we were talking a lot about our cultural transformation as a company and this notion of how do you use Microsoft as a platform to connect um, your personal passion with the impact that you can have broadly in the world? And we were just trying to find like a great story that could, a real story that could um, illustrate that. And Ali popped into my head and I remembered the conversations that we had had a few months ago. And that is the story that, you know, one of the stories that Satya shared on stage. Um, and it was a really beautiful moment. But I do think it just illustrates so well the impact that one individual can have, not just improving the life of his own son, but then actually making a difference within that community. We have so many stories like that, right? And uh, I see part of, you know, the impact coming through all this effort and, you know, how to connect the dots and how to bring that human element of the thing versus 
you know, I remember 10, 15 years ago, it was all about business and numbers and quotas and this and that. But now, today, empathy is upfront beyond anything. That's a great story because, I mean, that's essentially, and you know, I work out in the field, I'm not in Redmond, but even at my level, I'm incentivized based upon the impact that I'm having on others, colleagues, customers, how I'm leveraging impact of others. And there's continuously this story of collaboration and, and really getting closer, having additional proximity to different challenges. One of the things that you mentioned, having personal, uh, taking a personal passion and, and driving impact against that. And when you talk about Ali's story, that's just one little story amongst all these stories you're seeing. What are some additional stories that come to mind on a global scale that have touched you and that you feel like the organization did a very good job with crafting communication around? Yeah. Um, there's a wonderful story in a person I met named Summit in the UK. Um, and Summit worked at London Heathrow Airport. His father had worked there for um, his entire career um, as in security. So I think the equivalent of, of the TSA that they have at London Heathrow. Um, and Summit followed in his footsteps. He met his wife on the job there. Um, and that was really his his path in life, what he thought was his path. And he um, was kind of inspired to create a better process in what had been like a laborious paper-based, ma very manual labor-intensive process around um, translation and language barriers with all of the global passengers who were coming through. And he did his own homework and he figured out how to build an app using our power platform tools to basically automate this process, not just for himself, but basically for the whole department. And that kind of took off. And then he started building another app and another app and another app. And this is someone who had no computer science education, hadn't been kind of given the opportunity to learn digital skills in any kind of formal setting, but kind of had the ingenuity and the passion himself and then took what he could find in the organization and just started building these apps. And eventually the IT department took notice um, and they gave him a, a job in IT and kind of set him on an entirely new career path. And he's become a bit of a hometown hero himself. And he now goes to speak at different places. Um, but it was just such a beautiful story. Um, and he's such a wonderful person because he recognized the opportunity that this gave him, but also um, how we need to make that opportunity more accessible to more people. Um, and so I think he's really taken that to heart and he's doing his part to share his story more broadly to help inspire and show others what a path can look like. I remember that story when Sadio was talking about it on stage. And just yeah. this is a fun part, like, you know, the history behind it, that what happened that caused, you know, that story to be featured as part of his speech, which, you know, every time, you know, he talks, there is impact. There is like human element. That's what I love. I thought one really fun, and when we were connecting, just preparing for this this discussion, Caitlin, you were talking about how your team tends to craft experiences when Satya makes visits to other countries, and I didn't even know that was a thing for for leaders to 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 do that. I just thought that was really cool, and 
Can you talk a little bit about what that is, like the like the importance of crafting an experience for how a leader would engage with their audience and maybe something that you've learned from that? Yeah, I think, you know, it started, I think, um, in Microsoft, we have such a global footprint that I think for most of our history, our leadership teams, um, our CEOs and other executive leaders have done a great job of um, going out into the world and meeting our teams and our customers around the world. And I think that's a core part of our DNA. Um, and so it's something that we call the CEO field visit, where um, he'll you know, spend a week in a certain region um, visiting a number of countries, a different country each day. And as you can imagine, it can be a pretty jam-packed eight-hour schedule um, because when you're a sing- when you're you know have eight hours of the CEO's time and you want to give him a tour of the country, um, it becomes kind of a whirlwind thing, and you tend to pack as much as you can in. And when we um, after Sachi became CEO, and we really kind of got on our path of charting what our mission was to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more and transforming our culture. Those are the North Stars of our company. They're enduring, um, and it's it's what we kind of start and end every speech with. Um, and we really took that to heart to thinking about if we were to testify in a court of law that Satya actually cared about empowering every person, every organization on the planet, what's the body of evidence that we would present to, to show that, to show that we were walking the talk? And so we... Um, focused on shifting the agenda of our of our field tours a bit to carve out a little bit more time to go out into the world and to meet real people who are using technology in unexpected ways and unexpected places. And it also, I think, had a beautiful side effect in enabling him to learn a lot more and just get a better sense of the world. And I think that's so important that, um, you know, you can travel somewhere but if you're stuck in a conference room that looks like a lot like the conference rooms that you have back home, you're, you can meet interesting people, but you're not learning as much as if you actually see the environment where people live and work. Um, and so we've had some really beautiful experiences, whether going to hospitals, like a children's hospital in um, Chile, where we saw firsthand how they, you know, doctors and staff there were applying connect to help rehabilitate children who are suffering from brain injuries um, to a 16 year old girl um, in Latin America who uh, learned robotics, but then kind of commandeered and started classes for her peers at local libraries to teach them robotics. Um, and one story that really stuck out for me was in Cairo in Egypt, we partnered um, our local team there partnered with an organization to create an innovation hub to bring young women from nearby towns and villages into Cairo and teach them digital skills and computer science. And a group of them had actually built this app for Syrian refugees to be able to find and identify local resources um, and, and help better understand the language. And it was kind of this beautiful moment where these young women who had were now given access to technology found a way to make a connection with a group of people who they would probably never have the opportunity to cross paths with or have, you know, a connection with. And yet they were do, doing something to impact their lives. Um, and I think you see those kind of points of light everywhere you go. And I think that just illustrates 
what is possible when you actually can get tools to more people to kind of enable them to light up their own ingenuity. I was watching uh, the segment on PBS uh, the other day that they had Satya on it. And uh, the conversation was rolling, you know, how the technology is going to impact the way we're going to work post COVID-19. And one thing that Satya mentioned, which just kind of stuck in my mind was that how he misses that human interaction element still, you know, as you're going and before and after the meeting, you, you know, have a conversation with people. Uh, How do you think, you know, our technology or, you know, whatever that people are using to communicate these days is going to evolve in the next couple of years as we kind of adapt to this new normal? You know, I think it's it's so interesting because we're using technology like never before. And I think there's some good, right? Because I think without the infrastructure that we have today in this crisis, we'd be in a much worse place. Um, and we're relying on technology um, for those of us who are have the privilege of working from home as the three of us do. Um, it's enabled us to kind of maintain productivity and business continuity. But you think about it and it's like none of this technology was ever designed to fundamentally replace human connection. I think technology has always been created to like augment the human experience. Um, And I think that it can feel a little bit isolating when you get to this place that's more focused on replacement rather than augmentation. And I think that's where you know, we're going to go through, I think, this period of like hybrid work where you have some folks who are in the workplace, some folks who continue to work remotely, and there's going to be new cultural norms established as part of that. And I think it's really, but I think one of the beautiful things actually um, that I've seen come out of this is how we're using technology to make meetings and collaboration more inclusive. Um, for example, I think I, there are folks I work with who I found over the last few weeks value more ad hoc IM conversations in teams where other people value having more of a structured call each day. And other folks kind of want to have the drive by quick five minute phone conversation as they would just drive by your office. Um, but I also think it's like enabled us to allow people to participate or be heard in meetings in new ways, whether it's like the raise hand feature in teams where you might be in a, in a physical meeting room with someone and they might not feel like they can raise their hand and say something and speak up. Um, And so I hope some of those habits that we're building right now to be more inclusive and to have more voices heard in the workplace are carried forward. Even when we find ourselves shifting back to being more in person, if that makes sense. It does. So having a kid with disability myself, I mean, to me, accessibility is very important when you think about designing software and tools that can help everyone. So, you know, be, you know, very uh, inclusive. Uh, How do you, within your team, I'm sure that, you know, you may have people that they have some sort of, you know, disabilities, but they still want to be productive. Uh, Can you share, you know, what you, and your team currently doing to make sure that you know everybody you know feels included as part of the conversation and how the technology is helping yeah it's a great one um 
there's a woman um, I work with on our team named uh, Leah Katz Hernandez, um, and she is deaf. Uh, she joined Microsoft a couple of years ago. Um, she previously worked in the white in the Obama White House uh, for that administration, and uh, she has just helped me have gain a much better understanding of the importance of accessibility and some of the nuances that you don't think of. And for example, at the outset of um, when we started working from home, she sent me some photos and a write-up of just her documenting her experience and what it was like to have to make sure that she had the interpreter on the phone on, you know, on one screen. And then she had all the meeting participants on the other screen. And we have to ensure that we're pinning her so that we can see her um, even though she's muted as she's signing. Um, and it was just such a great learning for me because it made me more acutely aware of sort of the extra steps that someone just has to take just to be able to participate, but also where things like live captioning um, or hand raise really, really make a huge difference in enabling her to feel like she can actually contribute to the conversation in the same way that everyone else is. Um, and what I loved about it is that she started documenting um, some of her experiences and learnings on LinkedIn. So I recommend everyone follow her, but she also has channeled a lot of feedback back to our research teams and our product teams. So it's kind of this continuous learning cycle where they're able to learn from her experience and adapt and rebuild. And I'll, I'll put a link to her profile in this, in this live discussion. Yeah. Um, and I know Caitlin, we we only have a, a several minutes left, but it's, it sounds very familiar to me and, and Ali and yourself to be talking about beautiful experiences as a business, as a tech company, right? Like when I get off this call, I'm going to go talk about SQL server, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's very interesting how we care so much about these different things, but we are a business and we do have goals and objectives. And I would love to hear you talk a little bit about how you've grown. How have you seen yourself grow from six years ago to today? Yeah, um, well, I became a mom about a year ago. We just celebrated our son's Congratulations. One Thank you. And um, I was really fortunate to have great um, parental leave, which I took and, and my husband did as well, which he took. And but coming back to work was kind of nerve wracking for me. And I remember I joined an executive review meeting kind of just as I was coming back for um, a project that I was going to be kind of jumping on board with and helping to drive. And I sat in this meeting with people who I had worked with, who I hadn't seen in about 20 weeks. And they were all talking and everyone knew what was going on. And I was hearing these acronyms that I had never heard before. And I was like, Oh my God, like, they're speaking a different language. I like, I must have like, I don't know what any of this means. And I was afraid to actually ask or ask for context in that section. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, how could I not remember all of these things? But I, I think I also gained a better understanding of like perspective from the outside and how are we talking in language that other people can actually understand and relate to and take action on. Um, and so that was a really big learning for me. I think the other thing is just the ability to kind of learn all of these stories, meet people from all walks of life has grounded me in a deeper sense of empathy that I think I've also been fortunate to learn from Satya uh, firsthand. 
Um, and then I think becoming a mom has made me much more acutely aware of um, the preciousness of time. And I think in a lot of times we celebrate being a great multitasker. Like it was something I always sort of took pride in that I can just multitask out of everything. I'll like give it to me and I'll do it all. But I think over this past year, I've learned the importance of sometimes just being present and focused in whatever it is you're doing, whether that's work or being a mom or a parent, um, whatever you're doing, being present and focused in that moment, um, which has been a really important lesson for me personally, I think. Thanks for sharing that, Caitlin. Well, we're right at the half. Ali, why don't you close us out and with this special conversation today? Well, I mean, uh, I wish we could continue. I can talk to Caitlin for hours, but I know that she's busy. She has more important stuff to do. So I really appreciate uh, your time. And uh, I know how hard it is to put this in your schedule, uh, especially after build and everything that's going on. But I'm hoping that we have more conversation with you and your team. And uh, one of the reasons that I was thinking about having you as a guest was to really showcase how individually people can make impact. If you want to work at Microsoft or, you know, other big tech companies, you don't have to be a software engineer. Uh, you, know, you have plenty of smart people, especially, you know, female, that they can do a lot of good things. And, I mean, to me, everybody should look at Caitlin as a role model in terms of, you know, what's the art of possible and what you can do uh, to be successful in your career and also like, you know, make a positive impact on other people's lives. So uh, thank you for your time. And I'm hoping that we can see you soon in this program again. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me part of the conversation. Thanks, Caitlin. Appreciate it. Thanks everyone for watching. Have a great day. All. all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today and having some fun with us on the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow me on LinkedIn or at DRUSS Network, D-R-U-S-S Network on Twitter or Instagram. And you can also reach out to me anytime via email at Derek at thedatabinge.com. The Data Binge podcast is a personal thought form where we share knowledge and ideas. Views and opinions expressed here do not reflect those of my employer, Microsoft. I really hope you enjoyed. Thanks a lot.